tis the season, so Merry Christmas season to all of you. So when uh, Chelsea was announcing the 18 years of Monday nights, that's a lot of Monday nights, amen? And I was thinking of the contrast, because that's almost the length of time that I was a firefighter paramedic. So in that, I mean, I could sit down, and I like to tell stories, you know, most of them are pretty gruesome, you know, planes, trains, automobiles, the whole thing. Um, but in those years, I saw so much death and so much destruction, right? But in these 18 years, I've seen death and I've seen destruction, but I've seen so much restoration, amen? amen. And that's what it's about. The angel said to the man at the pool of Bethesda, do you want to be made well, right? Because he showed up there every year for like, what, 18 years. I, I could be misquoting. Someone could look that up if they want. He showed up every year, year after year, and just kind of sat there. Somebody help me. And the angel looked at him and said, well, do you want to be made well? And he said, yes, well, then get up, right? I preach this all the time. There is personal responsibility, amen? We have to want to be made well. Because um, we always want to do something, right? And so we are going to continue in Romans. We're in Romans 7. Let me get down here. We are in 7, here we go, 14. So, and it kind of is going to go through that whole thing that we went through last week, and it's a little bit of a tongue twister. I'll say that on the front. But reading through this today, it kind of reminded me of a conversation that I had with Austin on the way back, either the way up to the Spartan race or the way back from the Spartan race on Saturday. And we were talking about what well, we talk about a lot, food, weight loss, health, nutrition, getting married, you know, all that stuff. And I was thinking about this text. And so the title of my message tonight is, is there an app for that? Right, because we know the joke that when Steve Jobs died and he went to the pearly gates and St. Peter pulled out the giant Lamb's Book of Life and began to pour through the pages to see if his name was in there. And Steve grabbed his iPhone and said, you know there's an app for that. <laughs> so, but I was thinking about it. You know, I was talking, asking, you know, what kind of app do you use? It was called Yaz or Yazio. I used to use one called Lose It. I've used Carb Manager. And so Manny was showing me his yesterday. And I was thinking, when I was thinking about this scripture, is it's so cool because if you want to lose weight or manage your diet or your macros, your protein, your carbs, your water, you download this app and it sends you these little reminders. I just got one that said, you forgot to log your dinner. I, no, I didn't forget, right? I had red licorice and I had those little sticks with the chocolate in them. I had the popcorn, I had the red licorice. Come on, let's get some amens here, right? All right. I had the cookies. I had all of it, so I'm not logging that. 
right? But the point I'm trying to make is, as we're trying to live this different life, we need to check in with that which is keeping us grounded, right? The Bible, right? Like your, your app reminds you, did you drink water? Did you exercise? So we need to take that and put it on ourselves, and we need to say to ourselves, hey, did I pray today? Was I, am I grateful for something? Am I happy? Is there somebody I need to pray for? Is there something I can do? Is there something that I need to learn? So if you take that same example as the app and apply it to your life, and think about if I put that much effort into my, my macros and my water, you know, and uh, like we, we talked about like we blow it all the time, right? You know, so we're not doing keto, right? Right? Not right now. Yeah. Austin was telling me a story that he asked Vanessa to help keep him accountable. So she says yes. <laughs> so they're sitting down and he's just mowing on popcorn. And she, her response was, so you're not doing keto? And his response was, not today. So, but we don't have that choice with our Christianity. We can't say not today, right? So if we're going to take the time to try to manage that, then how do we take the time to manage our walk with Christ, our faith? How do we walk out our faith? You know, I started out tonight saying, telling you the story, do you want to be made well? So you need to start there and ask yourself that question, do I want to be made well? Do I want to be different? Do I want to think differently? Do I want to act differently? Do I want to be different? Do I want to do things different in my life? Do I want to make better choices? Do I want my driver's license back, my family back, my car back, right? Do I want these things that I have lost in my life? And the answer, if the answer is yes, then go back to the story that I shared to you about the pool of Bethesda and get up. Get up and do something about it. If there's an easier way of doing life and an easier way of living, when I was in paramedic school, um, one of the biggest things that are medical emergency are, are breathing and bleeding, right? If someone can't breathe, they're dead. If someone is bleeding, they're going to die, right? And so they talk about asthmatics, like how bad it is to have COPD or constructive uh, Congestive obstructive pulmonary disease or asthma or somebody that can't breathe because they're having an allergic reaction. And you can talk about that in school all you want, but you don't understand it. So our teacher one day came in and handed everybody in the class one of those little bitty 7-Eleven stir sticks. You know, the one that like, that you could, if, you took, if you drank your coffee through it, it would take like seven and a half days. You know what I mean? And so she asked us to go out of the classroom and run around the hospital twice, right? And so we did, and we were not, none of us were in shape, right? It was, it was pretty brutal. 
So we ran around the hospital twice. We ran back into the classroom. She said, now pick up your stick and breathe through it. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was not happening. Could not breathe at all. We were all suffering and dying. We were like, now we understand what it feels like to not be able to breathe. Now we understand what an emergency it is for somebody who can't breathe to receive care, right? So now I have to ask myself, do I want to go through life grabbing that little 7-Eleven stick off of my nightstand every morning, pop it in my mouth, and breathing through that all day? Do I want to do that? Absolutely. It would be foolish. I choose to breathe through my mouth, right, and take big, deep breaths. So I have a choice to make. Do I want to struggle all day, every day? Or, I, or do I want to make things easier for myself throughout the day? So I would say to you, and I've seen it, and I can prove it, that those of us who choose to say, yes, I want to live differently. Yes, there is a better way to live. And yes, I want to embrace this. And yes, I want to do what's right. That's the easier way. Because jail, probation, parole, you know, why, and I said this, why, I want to go to Gianni's and order a pizza, right? I do. I want to, and I'm going to, we have our bridge Christmas party every December. We go into Gianni's and spend a ton of money on pizza and breadsticks and salads and sodas and would I rather go to Gianni's and order a big old pie, Italian sausage, linguiça, hamburger, pepperoni, right? Just mozzarella, tomatoes, onions, olives, you know? All of that good stuff, that cheese just stretching out. Or do I want to sit in county jail and crush up Cheetos and sprinkle ramen seasoning on them and say, that's a pizza pie, right? What do you want to do, right? Obviously, you want to go to Gianni's and have a pizza. So if that is what we want to do, then we have to make the choices that allow us to have freedom, that allow us to begin to make the choices that we need to begin to make to live the life that God had intended for us. God didn't intend for you to be miserable, to be separated from your family, to be separated from your kids, to be incarcerated. God designed us to be free. It says, for freedom's sake, he what? He set us free, just so we could be free. And we were born free. We only give up our freedom when we choose to do something it is outside of man's law and God's will for our life, and we can lose our freedom. And there are even cases when we can lose our life. Amen? So we have to decide what we want to do. So the title that the author gave this is Struggling with Sin. It says, verse 14, so the trouble is not with the law. So the trouble is not the rule that says you shouldn't do it, right? It, scripture says, thou shall not commit murder so is that where the problem is? So the problem is the rule, right? That's not the problem? So the problem is if we commit murder. So it's not the rule that says thou shalt not covet or steal or lie. Is that the problem? Or is it the act of coveting, lying, stealing, or cheating? 
right? That's the problem. The law just points it out. The, the problem on the side of the freeway is not the speed limit sign. The problem is the lead foot when you get pulled over. You know, I, I am very nice to the highway patrol because I am very well, very well aware. You know, I was driving to Chico years ago. I was taking diving classes in Chico, and I was driving it well in excess of 100 miles an hour. Well in excess of 100 miles an hour. And I was driving down Interstate 99, and I passed a cop going the other way. I saw the look on his face. I just pulled over. <laughs> I did. I put on my blinker, and I pulled over, and then I saw his lights come on. I saw the smoke come off his tires. I saw him flip a Yui, and he pulled up behind me, and he came in hot. Do you know how fast you were going? I said, yes, I do. I was, uh, you know. And then I looked at his name tag, and I said, hey, you're the same highway patrolman that pulled my wife over last week because you have the same name as her ex-husband, and you didn't give her a ticket. He said, oh, buddy, you're getting a ticket. So was the problem the speed limit sign? No, the problem was I wanted to get to dive class early. I'm not sure why. Right? I'm not sure why. And I'll tell you what a small world it is. That class that I was speeding to get to, 10 years later, my dive instructor was actually a resident in the bridge. He was there like six months, and he kept telling Michelle, I know you guys. Were you ever here? Were you ever there? Were you ever here? And this went on for like six, seven months. No, no. One day he's like, did you guys ever take diving classes in Chico? We're like, that's where we know you from. <laughs> Small world. So the problem is not the speed limit sign. The problem is the lead foot to get somewhere. Amen? So we can't blame the law. For it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. Now, let me qualify that. You cannot simply say, I can't help it. I'm a slave to sin. I can't do it. Okay? I can't do it. Right? I can't do it. You have to try. Right? When I went to the Spartan race on Saturday, I'm looking at all these obstacles going, huh, whew, probably not going to be able to do most of them. But you know what? I tried all of them, right? I did. I tried every one of them, okay? The most embarrassing one was there was, Austin was laughing at me because he, he told me to do it and I said no. They had these bags that you pull up in the air with rope. They had black bags and red bags. The red bags were half the weight of the black bags. So I go over there, and the lady is shouting, black bags for the men, red bags for the ladies. Black bags for the men, red bags for the ladies. I grabbed the black bag, and I could barely budget. Austin's going, grab the red bag. I said, no, the red bags are for the ladies. 
No way. I'm not doing that. He said, why not? I said, the red bags are for the ladies. Right? So, but I, but the point is I tried. I tried. I tried to get the black bag up. I couldn't, but I tried. Okay? Maybe I couldn't be nice today, but I tried. Maybe I couldn't pray today, but I tried. Maybe I didn't read my Bible today, but I tried. And tomorrow, you know what? I'm going to try again. Okay, now next time I go to that, I want to lift up the black bag. So if I want to lift up the black bag next time, I know that I need to practice. I know that I need to train if it's something that I want to do. If I know there's something I want to change in my life, and there's something I want to do, I know that I have to train for that. I know that I have to practice for that. Like when Claudia comes into the grill and she makes tortillas, they're like perfectly round, right? And so she came in and, and showed Greg how to make tortillas. Greg showed the guys how to make tortillas. And so I asked Greg, how were the tortillas? He said, well, we, we couldn't even use them on Sunday. They were like square and rectangle. They look like cigars, and they look like Texas, and they look like Alabama, right? So if they want to do that, they have to keep trying, right? They can't just say, you know what? I made a tortilla. It looked like Texas. Forget it, right? That still tasted good, right? They still, they still tasted good. But my point is, if you want to do something, you got to try. Don't just give up and say, can't do it, right? Can't do it. You know, what made Michelle run her first marathon was when she was standing at the, one of my marathons watching some of the people come across the line. She's like, holy cow, if that person could do it, there is no excuse for me, you know? And so she said, okay, I'm going to try to do it. But that's the thing we have to try it says, so I really don't understand myself for what I want to do. I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. So if that is the predicament you're in, continue, say, today I was a jerk again. I don't want to be a jerk, so tomorrow I'm going to try again. You may get halfway through the day and go, man, I was a jerk. Okay, that's fine. The next day, say, all right, I failed again, so today I'm going to do what again? I'm going to try again. All right, my tortilla looks a little less like Texas today, right, and more like a flat basketball. I'm getting closer, right? You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's something in square tortillas. Maybe there's something that we're going to like, and maybe this is going to be the new thing, right? The bridge creates square tortillas. Every Taco Bell in the world will have them. But <laughs> always got to work food in there, right? Um, but the point is, I, I know what I want to do is right, but I have trouble doing it. So my, my thing to you, or my, my, my statement to you is keep at it. If you, you know the old saying, if at first you don't succeed, right? What does it say? Try, try, and try, and try, and try, and try, and try again until you get it right. Keep perfecting what you're doing. We're not trying to be perfect. We're just trying to be better. Amen? 
We're trying to be better than we were. Because you should look different if you are professing faith as a believer. People should start to say, yeah, I'm starting to notice something different about that person, right? Maybe we're the biggest jerk in the world. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, this person's kind of nice. You know, they're a little bit nicer. So it says, so I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living me, sin living in, sin living in me that does it. Now, that's what I'm asking you to be careful with. Do not say, it's not my fault. The devil made me do it. Right? There was an old comedian who used to say that. The devil made me do it. Right? Not my fault. April knows what I'm talking about, right? It's not my fault. So, but the, the thing, the problem with that is that removes personal responsibility, right? And without personal responsibility, you tell yourself, I have no control over the situation, you know, right? I have no control. I can't help myself. Well, I, I'm sorry to tell you, you can help yourself. The problem with Things today is we, we tell ourselves, well, don't worry about it. You tried your best. You know, everybody gets a trophy or everybody gets a medal. So we, we become a society that just we quit. I don't even have to try. I'm on this team. It doesn't matter. I don't even have to. Try. I'm still going to get a trophy at the end of the season. You know, because we try to be all-inclusive, make everybody feel good about who they are. And that's okay in a sense, but we should still have an expectation of ourselves and our relationships for the person to encourage you to try. So that's why it was, to me, it was perfect. I, I you know, I, I, I see Vanessa saying that, so we're not doing keto, right? She's like, I'm trying here. You're not. You asked me to hold you accountable, but you have to do it too, Right? But that's, that, but that's true with all of us. That, I, that happens all the time in my relationship with Michelle. It's like, but it's good to be in a relationship or friendships with somebody that's going to say, so what, we're not doing it? So you're just going to keep on doing this again? You know, we're going to keep going back to jail? You're going to keep getting in trouble? You're okay with this? We need those people in our life that are going to say, hey, you said you wanted to do this. I'm trying to help you do this. So why don't you own some of this and do it? Do it right? It works for Nike, right? Just do it. But we have to take some of that for our own life. You know, we all want to get up early and, and exercise and go running. It's, it's a great idea. I can't tell you how many times I set my alarm with the intent of running. I can't tell you how many times when I lived at the bridge that I would get up with Louie a lot at like 5.30 in the morning. We would get dressed gear up, get out there, get about 50 feet down the road. Oh, it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> You're cold? Yeah, I'm really cold. Okay, let's go back. All right? I was like, we got up with the best of intentions. We got dressed. We went outside. And we talked ourselves out of it in seconds. Right? So we always have the best of intention. But you're not going to win or succeed with your intentions. You're only going to succeed or win with your actions. So your actions need to more closely align with your intentions. Amen? Verse 18, it says, I know that nothing good lives in me 
And we, we should know that about ourselves because left our own devices, how good and holy are we? We're not. It's yours, I want it. It's better than mine, I want it, right? We want what we want. We're willing to lie, cheat, beg, borrow, and steal to get what we want, right? Because we want what we want, you know? But we can't, we can't be like that. But we can't put the blame on our circumstances. We can't put the blame on our situation. And we can't say, I can't help myself. But you, you can help yourself. Take some of the effort you put into doing all that nonsense. I mean, how many times have you had a conversation with somebody and say, man, if I had all the money I spent on dope, I would be a millionaire, right? You ever say that? All the nice things I could have bought. Well, you know what? You still can. But you have to be willing to put out some effort to change the things that you need to change so that you could refocus your life and your values on the things that you really want in your life that are going to get you to where you want to be. It's not one of those things like in the airport where you... you the moving sidewalks, right? I like those because when you walk on them, it feels like you're walking super fast, right? Because the sidewalk is moving. But that's not what life is. Life is not a moving sidewalk. If you want to get somewhere, you got to put one foot in front of another, and you got to be willing to take that journey that's going to take you to the place that you want to be. It said, verse 9, I want to do what is good, but I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I don't do what I want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. And it says that it's sin living, living in me that does it. No. Only if you allow it. Because that's saying, I can't help myself. Sorry, I can't help myself. I keep doing the thing over and over again. Right? You, you can help yourself. Right? I was sharing with some of the guys the other day, a class, that one of the pastors that was mentoring me, his name is Skip, and uh, I was using dope, and he agreed to be my mentor. And Well, he told me he was going to be my mentor. I didn't want him to be my mentor. I told him no. He said, I'm going to come over to your house, everybody. I'm going to knock on your door, and you're either going to let me in or you're going to tell me to drop dead. Most of the time, I would slam the door in his face and tell him to, words that I can't even say here, the next day, boom, 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 hit the road you know, drop dead, go burn somewhere. And I got into a situation where I needed some money. And so he, he called me and said, hey, my battery's dead. I'm going to pay you to go down to the store, buy me a battery, put it in my car. And so I went down to AutoZone. I bought him a battery. I installed it in his car. And then I went back that night and stole it out of his car took it back to AutoZone, got a refund. The next day, he calls me, hey, someone stole my battery. Oh, what a bummer, Skip. I'm so sorry to hear that. So sorry to hear that. So he said, well, can you get me another battery? Absolutely, you bet I can. Went to his house, got the money, went to AutoZone, got another battery, put it in his car, called me the next morning, you're never going to believe this. Somebody stole my battery again. Oh, that is a bummer, dude. I'm so sorry. So, so sorry. 
I'll be over in a minute. <laughs> Bought him another battery, put it in his car, went out in the middle of the night, stole it again. Called me the next morning. He said, all right, Mike, what is it I need to do to get you to put a battery in my car and leave it there? Can I pay you a certain amount of money? I think I told him, yeah, give me 200 bucks. So whatever it was, he gave me, all right? And I put another battery in his car. Actually, I didn't have to go get another battery because I hadn't taken that one back yet because <laughs> I was getting like, I can't keep returning the stupid battery. The battery dude's going to call the cops on me. Um, the point was, I kept doing that, knowing that I was hurting him. So it wasn't anybody making me do it. It was my greed making me do it. And it was funny because after that class on Thursday, I just I called him because I hadn't talked to him in a long time. One of the first things he said to me was, hey, Mike, how many, batter- how many times did you steal the battery out of my car? I said, well, Skip, it was four times. And I said, I only know that because I was teaching a class this morning and I shared that story. He said, did you also tell him I had to pay you to get, quit stealing my battery? I said, oh, I did. So, but we can say that we can't help ourselves, right? Oh, I needed the money. We can justify it. Or, oh, you know what? The dude's got plenty of money or he's just trying to help me out, right? But we can also get to a point where we go, you know, that, that, was, that was not cool. This guy is trying to help me and I'm stealing from him, Right? But that's the point I had to get to. I had to get to the point where I'm not going to do anything wrong to him or anybody else anymore. I'm not going to behave like that anymore because I don't have to behave like that. But you have to get to the point where that's what you want to do. So verse 21, it says, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Verse 22, I love God's law with all of my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this uh, life that is dominated by sin and death? Jesus Christ. That's who will. But you have to be willing and you have to be desiring that exchange. You have to say, you know what, Jesus, I need you in my life because without you, I'm just this miserable, wretched person. You know what I mean? Because we have the, you know, we have this body of death. We have this body that is dead and dying that our, our bent is to do what is selfish and what is self-centered for us. Instead of doing what God has desired us to do, and that is to reach out to love, to help, to celebrate, to be a friend, to be, to be involved in somebody's life, to encourage them, right? To encourage them, to help them. You know, there was this older lady at the, at the, at the event. I don't know her, never saw her in my life, never met her. She saw in several of the events that I was struggling, she smirked at the red bag, black bag, right? I think she heard our exchange. But later in the race, when we were doing these up and downs on these ramps, every time she would go by me, she would just give me the biggest high five and say, great job, right? She doesn't know me. She just saw that I was struggling and wanted to encourage. 
And I didn't know her, but it felt good. Or someone that didn't even know me to encourage me because they see me struggling, right? But that's what God, God has called all of us to do. We are to have eyes that see the things that God sees and says, my brother or my sister, they're down today or they're struggling with something today. I watch the ladies up here and the men up here sometimes when the music is really slow and the spirit is moving and somebody comes up and gets on their knees and starts to pray. I watch the men and the women surround each other, lay hands on one another and pray. Not because they have to, because they genuinely feel a need to be a part of that, either that pain or that victory in that person's life. And that's not something that came natural to us, right? It isn't. But now, with Christ in our life, and we see somebody struggling or somebody overcome with sorrow, we want our, our, our more natural bent is now is to go to them and to kneel down with them, to put your arm around with them, to pray with them, to tell them that, that you love them, you support them, you care for them, you're there for them, right? But that's not something that we naturally do, is it? Right? I, I never did that before. Of course I cared for people, but not to that level. My job was to get people to the hospital alive. That was it. That's your job. Pick somebody up from an accident, don't let them die, get them to the hospital alive, and then let them worry about it. That was my job. Now my job is, we're all going to die, but make sure when they do, they go, that we're, that we're going to go to heaven, that we're going to spend eternity together, right? See the difference? So that is the level of care we're supposed to have for one another. It should grieve us or it should concern us when somebody isn't fully engaging or somebody isn't fully understanding the gospel because we don't want them to miss you know, it's interesting to me when I see somebody that grieves over somebody that is not saved. You know, I met with somebody recently, and they were just grieving over whether or not they are doing all that God has asked them to do in, toward the end of their life. And this man was genuinely grieving. I'm really concerned. Am I, have I done all that God has asked me to do to, to reach out and to help all the people that he has asked me to help? He said, I have great concern over that, and I don't want to worry about that. And I thought, what, a, what, a, what a, an awesome way to think, and what an awesome, I've, he was so genuine. It wasn't like, hey, you know, am I doing, no, he was like, he was genuinely grieved. Have I done everything God has asked me to do to help his people? I was like, wow, what a, what a great thing to think. What a great thing to wonder. Am I doing, am I checking my prayer and my macros and my water? You know, do I need to go pray with somebody else or do I need to read more scripture? Do I need, you know, more, do I need to bring other things into my life to make myself healthier spiritually instead of healthier physically, right? I would rather die fat and go to heaven and die skinny and go to hell. You know what I'm saying? So now is that an excuse just to go hog wild on the treats every week? Absolutely not. 
Those are the days that are blank on my app, right? No food today. So, but so during this season, just really ask yourself, am I doing what God has designed for my life? Am I doing all that I can do? Am I, an, am I a good ambassador to Christ? And really earnestly use the scripture to guide and be the framework of, of being that better person First for you, for you, for you and your relationship with Christ, and then outward. Am I blessing those around me? Am I a blessing or a burden, right? Am I a lifter or a leaner, right? Do I lift people up or do I lean on people for things? You know, how am I in, 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 in God's kingdom? You know, am I able to be blessed and am I blessing others? Well, if you don't know, you should ask yourself those questions. And, and I, I've been saying this for like, ever since we started the book of Romans, is evaluate where you're at in your life, figure out where you want to be, and that's where you need to head. And all those other things that are distraction, whether it's a relationship or, or whatever, get rid of it, right? Get rid of it, right? There are people maybe that you don't need in your life right now. Or maybe there are some people you do need in your life right now, and you're keeping them at bay because like, oh, man, gosh, I let that guy in my life, and I'm going to have to be different. Because he, he asks me, did I read that passage in the Bible? Oh, man. You know, that's why I kept slamming the door, slamming the door. I wasn't slamming the door on Skip. I was slamming the door on God because I knew Deep down, the truth was in God, but as long as I didn't face it, I didn't have to live it, right? If I could just keep that door slammed shut tight enough, I didn't have to let him in. But this guy would not quit loving me. He would just would not stop loving me. And I'm like, why do you, why do you care? He said, it's not that I care Christ cares. And if Christ cares, I'm his ambassador. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to care. And my other mentor, Bob, said, I'm trying to show you what God with skin on looks like. You know, if God could put skin on and come down and speak into your life and take you places and go take you for a hamburger or take you for a walk down to the farmer's market and share a coffee with you, these are the things that he would do. So sometimes we just have to be that to somebody, that friend that just no matter how bad of a day somebody's having, you're just that ear, you know? You're being a jerk, whatever. You be a jerk, we're still going to go have coffee, right? We're still going to go for the walk. We're still going to do, I'm still going to do what is right in God's eyes because that's what we're called to do, right? This is in Matthew 28, it says, go therefore and make disciples. I know it says of all the nations, but start in your start in your Start in your own bedroom, right? Y'all got roommates. I'm talking to people on the bridge, right? You don't got to go to Africa. You don't got to go to Jamaica. You don't got to go to Mexico. You don't got to go to Thailand. Start in your bedroom, right? When you master that, take it out into the kitchen where they're cooking breakfast. Help your, help your roommate do dishes. Fold his laundry. You know, go for a walk with him. 
cry with him, laugh with him, be that person that listens to just all the incessant complaining, right? You know, you know right? Because, there, well, I'm sorry, there's no complaining in the houses. I, I know that. <laughs> I, I know that. That just doesn't happen. But if it was to happen, sometimes just lend an ear and just listen and just you know, sometimes listening to somebody is the greatest thing you can do for him or her. One of the most unique experiences I had many years ago, a man called me and said, boy, I've got, some, I got a problem with some of my kids. His name was Frank. And so I need to come in and see you right away. Like, okay. So he came in and he sat in my office and he just started just, bleh, just vomiting, just spewing. And I looked, you know, and I told him right up front, hey, I have like an hour, all right? I have an hour. So he just spewed and spewed and spewed and spewed and just went on and on and on. You know, it's kind of when you're sitting there, you're kind of rolling your eyes in your own head, you know? You're like, oh, boy. I never said a word. I never said one single word after he started talking. Not only did I not say a word, I, did, I would have not had an opportunity to say a word. And he saw me look up at the clock, and he said, oh, I know your time is up. And I just want to tell you, this is the best counseling session I have ever had in my life. <laughs> Everything is so clear to me now. Thank you so much for all of your advice and all of your help. I didn't say anything. I'm like, oh, well, of course, you know, I'm, I'm really good at this. <laughs> I went to school for it. So I just gave him an ear. He talked through and resolved everything himself. You know, maybe I just need to be nicer to my kids. or maybe I need, And then pretty soon it was like, I'm like, I just got to sit here and shut up, and this is going to end good. So I, I'm like, don't open your mouth and ruin this. And I didn't. So sometimes somebody just needs to... Just an ear. So sometimes we just need to be gracious and listen, you know. And that's, that's an easy thing to do, you know, just bite your tongue, right? We have two ears and one what? One mouth. So we can sometimes, sometimes listen more than we talk. I know it's tough, but give it a shot, right? Be kind to somebody, you know. Kindness goes a long way, Amen. Because like I've said, and you guys all know, that some, this is the hardest season for people with addictions. This is where the, the relapses are the highest, the overdoses are the highest, the, the people leaving are the highest, the people going to jail are the highest, domestic violence is at the highest, child abuse is at the highest, child abandonment is at the highest. This is a great season for the enemy to work, right? So don't let it happen. Pretend you got that app on your phone that you don't have, right? Bridge joke, right? <laughs> but anyway, but think about that. Do I, do I need, I'm kind of, kind of, things are kind of, I'm kind of tense, so I need to stop right now, not, not drink 16 ounces of water, but maybe do I need to stop right now and grab my Bible and just read, grab, read something in Proverbs or Psalms, or do I need to just quickly go into a gospel and read a story? Do I need to go read that story about the man at the pool of Bethesda to encourage me to, to get up? Do I need to go read the story about the friends that tore the roof open and lowered the friend down, you know, 
and was made well, or the man with a withered, because there's so many stories in the Bible about healing, about people, and all of them have something in common. Do you want to do something different? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be better? Right? And the, and the, the answer is, then get it, then get up! It's not that hard. You know, don't say, I should have, or I wish I would have, or I know I could have. Just do it. Just do it. You know, it, it, believe me, my burpees are ugly. I'm sure people thought I was having a seizure or something on the ground. But you know what I'm saying? But you got to do it. You have to try and give it your all if you want to change, if you want to be successful. You know, and I know that you guys do. I, I do. I know that. I know that we're not satisfied with the life that we were living. And I know that we want better, and I know that we can do better. But I'm, I, I say this to all, all the time. Then own your stuff, take responsibility for what you've done, and move forward and do something different. Right? Amen? So I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. So, Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the... Um, the we celebrate Christine as she graduated from the program and is moving on, Lord, to the next phase in her life. She, she went back to school. She got her job. She is seeing the fruits of her labor, Lord. So we, we celebrate with her, and we praise you for the work that you've done in her life, Lord. And we thank you for all that you're doing for us, Lord. And we pray that during this season that we would just be, would come outside of ourselves a little more and just help just to help make somebody's day or somebody's moment just a little bit brighter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.